Welcome, friends, to the podcast Care Package to Japan, where we showcase God's love for Japan through stories of people. I am your host, Evangeline, and today we will be talking with my good friend Connor. So let's get started. Connor has been working with the Campus Ministry Crew or Campus Crusade for a few years now. And he had the opportunity to do ministry in Japan for two years. And today he will be sharing with us some of his experience while in Japan while serving on the campus ministry. So, Connor, thank you so much for joining me today. Thank you again for bringing me on here. I'm really excited to、uh, be on this podcast and just, yeah, just really talk about、uh, Japan. Yeah, can you give the audience a little intro into who you are and what you do? Of course. Yeah, so my name is Connor, and I'm doing campus ministry right now, doing ministry、uh, with crew in Japan, specifically Tokyo, for two years、um, after I graduated college. And I graduated college with a civil engineering degree, but I just felt、uh, the call from, from God to do、uh, some sort of ministry and God put、uh, Japan on my heart, and I was there for two years. And after returning from Japan during、uh, COVID, he、uh, led me to continue with Crew as a full time ministry、uh, on campus here in the US. You mind me asking which campus?、Um... Yeah, so I'll be、uh, going to UC Davis. Oh, cool. That's really exciting. Will that be next year?、Like、the... Kind of up in the air still. I'm, I'm raising my support to. Join full time staff. So the hope is to join as soon as possible. Yeah. Can you talk a little bit about、um, what stirred in your heart during your college years to want to do full time ministry? And particularly during that time, did God specifically、um, place Japan on your heart? Yeah. Well, let's see. My junior year, and I was going into my senior year, and I had a friend. Who the summer prior had gone to Japan. And I was attending a winter conference. And so it was one of my first conferences there、uh, with crew and just kind of looking around. And they had this time where you can talk to different staff members who are leading、uh, summer missions. And my friend went to Tokyo for a summer mission trip. And so he naturally told me to. Go and check out that booth because he, he just enjoyed his time there. And so I got to meet the, the leader at the time, and he was just sharing with me all these just statistics about suicide rate and just how deeply people need the gospel over there. In that moment, I'm just like, I've got to go there. Or it really stirred my heart for the people of Japan. Being half Japanese, I really felt that connection, just a confirmation for me to go there. Going on that summer mission trip, I really felt just a, a really great experience of meeting students and experiencing a new culture. And then, kind of soon after I graduated from college, I really felt I wanted to return to Japan. And so it, it led me to be there for two years and kind of changed my career path from, from then on. Wow. Like, how did your view of Japan change? From the time you were, because you're half Japanese, I bet like being in Japan and being like immersed in the culture and the country and the land, like、right. really taught you a lot about the people of Japan. I love for you to like kind of color in a little more. What are some things that either knew or didn't know, but came into more awareness once you were in Japan about the people there? In the past 
I would say three, four years as I've, when I first got the chance to go to Japan for, for an extended period of time, that was really when I dove into my ethnic identity as being someone of Japanese descent. Most of my family are living or were living in Hawaii. So a lot of my Japanese experience growing up was influenced by Hawaiian culture or just in general American culture. Yeah, a lot of it was was not really influenced by Japan, the country, but very much just ethnicity and, and just Japanese American culture, I would say. And so, yeah, the, the, the time while I was in Japan was very growing, but very familiar to living in a different country. And, and especially with Jap Japan, there's a lot of different cultures as a foreigner I had to learn and come to accept. But there are a lot of things that were very unfamiliar, like obviously the language was different. And as I was learning the language and just living there, some things are very familiar, but there's a lot of things that I was learning living in a new country, which was sometimes difficult, but it was also very life-giving because that was something I embraced while I was living over there. Do you recall any specific moments where it was challenging? And on the flip side of that, do you recall any specific moments where it was life-giving? I, I think I think a lot. Well, let me go with the life-giving. I think there are some things, I think just being in a, a culture where, where they very much appreciate and value hospitality. And I think there's moments where I would just kind of walk around the city and just see calm, but also very hectic and it was it was it was interesting for me to for me to see that as life-giving but it was very very much something that I kind of miss one of the things that was really challenging was of course just learning a new language and trying to figure out what's a good balance between doing ministry in Japan and in specifically in English ministry but also um, taking the time to really step into their culture and their language and meeting students who want to learn English, but building those relationships. In the process of like grappling with all that, which characteristic of God do you feel like you've come to be more aware of? Or like how did God reveal himself during that season? Just seeing how there's so many things in, in the Japanese culture that is so honoring to to God, like like I mentioned, just hospitality or just valuing community and putting others in before themselves. I think that was something that I was learning. And even just how how they value, you know, keeping things with tradition and, and seeing the difference between the city and the country and how how beautiful like the mountains are and the you know, for so so many years I've been living in the U.S. and and seeing how the culture, like American culture, is, is this way, and cities and and look like this, but just seeing, just living in a different culture and a different country, just really shaped how I see the world and even how I um, see God in in this grand narrative of of our world. Yeah, definitely. I grew up in California and I remember the first time um, when I went to Japan, we drove up from Tokyo to Tohoku region. And that's about like a, I think like seven or eight hour drive. Um, yeah, that's the, a long drive. 
it is a long drive, but like I just remember seeing all the mountains and like the luscious green because in California, I don't know if you made the drive from from LA to Davis before, right? I mean, it's beautiful. It's it's pretty like yellow. I would say there's a lot of just like brown grass.、Um, it's definitely different. <laughs> Yeah, in Japan, it's like everything is green and everything is just so luscious and green and blue. I would say green and blue. So it's yeah, I I definitely appreciate how God created Japan.、Um, yeah, Connor, during your time in Japan, I know you you know got to experience a lot of nature, people, and also doing ministry. Can you talk a little bit about just a little bit about like what you did and also the people that you interacted with, specifically with with ministry? I was working as an intern for Crew, and specifically within campus ministry. So there were、uh, a local team in Tokyo. The interns here in the U.S. we partnered with on a weekly basis. We would go to、uh, different college campuses that were within the. Tokyo area, and we would meet students and、um, just talk to them about practicing English, or, or of course, like sharing the gospel, and even asking them like deeper questions about life and, and the meaning of life, and just getting students to really think about that kind of stuff. That or kind of have this question in the back of the mind, but oftentimes you don't get the opportunity to. Talk about it or even consider it, and I think that's even more prevalent in Japan and Japanese college, where you know a lot of students are very smart and and they're going to get really good degrees. But I would say most of the time, when they're first starting getting into college, they're trying to make new friends, get into different circles, and having fun. But not a lot of times do you get to talk to a a, a foreigner. Who's just walking on campus and asks, you know, like, do you know who Jesus is, or what do you think is the purpose of your life? That's so fun. I love doing campus ministry because I just find that college students have so much to offer to the world as well. And from your experience, typically, how do people respond to you when when you ask questions like, what is the meaning of life, or what do you think happens after death? Well, honestly, a lot of the time they would just say, "I don't know," or there might be a language barrier that happens with that. So, actually, I mean, it really depends on who I'm talking to. Especially if I'm meeting a student for the first time, it, it usually is getting to know them, like their likes or their dislikes, or if they just want to practice English. But a lot of, I would say, a handful of my friends that I made over the years, you know, as as I got to get to know them and. Go to coffee shops or just spend a lunchtime with them. Those conversations kind of naturally came up, and I think because I was open to you know who I am and what I'm doing, I think they felt and and, and I had a genuine desire to get to know them. I think that was something that they saw and and understood, and and so some of the students were more willing to. You know, consider those questions, or if students had experience overseas, I think that kind of benefited、uh, my experience a lot because then they were more willing to、uh, open up right away, just because they see it as something that、uh, 
you know, other cultures naturally do. As you get to grow with not just college students, but I'd say just Japanese people in general, that they're more willing to open up to you and, and really consider those deeper questions because, um, yeah, not a lot of times they consider it or, or even if they do, they just don't know who to talk to or whether their Japanese friends are thinking about that too or a safe person to talk to that about. Um, and so I, I think um, as I stepped out boldly and just asked those questions sometimes, really trust God to and the Holy Spirit to really guide my conversations in those moments because I have no idea what what those students are thinking about or even considering or um, where they're at in their life. First, I just want to thank you for being the hands and feet of Jesus to those college students and seeing them as God sees them and pursuing a real genuine relationship with them rather than just um, rather than just like something like an interaction or like a transaction. That's what I meant. Yeah. Transaction. Yeah, yeah, so, definitely. so thank you. Thank you for doing that. I yeah, appreciate it. Yeah. That's really special. How can people who are not as familiar with uh, either Japan or college students in Japan be praying for the campuses or the ministries that are there? Because like people who are listening come from all different backgrounds and not everyone is aware. So I love for you to share about, yeah, how, how can we just like partner as the global body of Christ in what God is doing in Japan, specifically on the college. Within Japanese campuses, I think, and I think this is a narrative to even camp college students here, is that these students are the future leaders of their country, whether they're going into business or politics or medicine. So I would say college ministry just has really touched my heart because of just seeing how this time of their lives is very impactful, not only to them, but just, just for the future of, of our world. And so, and, and that's, you know, very similar to Japan. And, you know, many people know that how low of a percentage, you know, there are of Japanese believers. So I guess, yeah, just pray for the students in Japan that they would get to hear the good news and, and just the saving grace of of God and, and, and that they would come to see that, you know, their identity in Christ can still um, hold their Japanese identity and, and just everything about them. I think this was when I was on my summer mission trip. Um, I was attending a church in Tokyo called uh, New Hope Tokyo. And one of the greeters, uh, we did, we'd, we'd never met. And she had mentioned that, uh, we had mentioned that we were, work, we're with crew. And she had said, oh, like when I was a college student, like I uh, accepted Christ through uh, uh, interns or through, through um, workers with crew at the, you know, when she was in college and now she's- That's So cool, yeah. Um, so, yeah, so it's just something that at the time I was like, you know, this could be a reality for us. But then 
when we meet students on campus, like that could be their story as well. And they can meet, you know, other people, not just within crew, but just um, people who are doing ministry and just to see stories of how God is still working and loving the people of Japan. And, and I think, and I think just from my experience and from different stories of, you know, people of students hearing the gospel on their college campuses and, and accepting Christ and, you know, going on to, you know, going into the workforce with the gospel and then eventually getting married and having kids. It's just something that, you know, we often talk about uh, the fruits of our labor and whether or not we can see it or not. Um, but more, more than likely we get to see it, the fruits of other people's labor, especially in Japan. Um, so I guess, yeah, just keep praying for the fruit that there will be more harvest or uh, more laborers to, to go into the harvest of Japan to um, plant seeds. Yeah, as you were doing campus ministry and being Jesus to the students on campus, um, how did that grow and stretch your faith? Yeah, I, I think um, one of the things I've really come to um, really see uh, while I was in Japan is just how kind of different ways cultures view the gospel and, and not in like a heretic heretical way uh, but just like uh, you know like uh, honor shame or guilt innocence or power fear and just kind of learning about that prior to going to Japan but actually experiencing that and sharing that with students and how honor shame uh it, re it really speaks to the people of japan and um you know using words or different phrases to communicate the gospel in a way that they can understand and i think that was something that as i was learning about that i think that was something i uh thought oh this this something this connects to me a lot more than i would say guilt innocence in it within the Western culture because of just my upbringing um, and how honor shame has affected me and how uh, I view God or, or understand the gospel. Um, and so I think that was something while I was in Japan that that um, I was learning kind of as, as I was doing and really thinking, oh, this is something that really speaks to me as well. Yeah, can you unpack that a little bit, especially for people who are not as familiar about um, honor shame versus like guilty innocent? Um, yeah. Yeah, um, I, it's it really comes down to how we view, um, you know, justice or or how God redeems people, whether it's like, um, I guess for guilt innocence, like, you know, we were guilty we are guilty of our sin and because of God's, um, you know, saving grace and, and Jesus dying on the cross for us, we're innocent. Um, but, but then 
with honor shame it's where we're because of our uh sin we have been shamed and it's kind of for me it, it feels a little heavy where shame can kind of linger um and i think within the japanese culture there's a lot of things that they can hold on to and kind of keep face uh i think that's the right term um but there's yeah, a lot i think of that's the right that, term yeah yeah uh but there's a lot of things i guess internally that can linger and so shame can kind of linger and you know but 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 restoring our honor in 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 the eyes of god uh because of jesus dying on the cross i think it's something that really speaks to uh the people of japan and i think also just eastern culture in general um and and of course it's not like you know western cult everyone in western culture is just guilt innocence but um there's a great book called the 3d gospel that that kind of talks about that in detail if people are interested but um yeah that's kind of just a basic thing i don't know if i shared it the best yeah I can, that but... was that was perfect i think that gives like a broad overview of the context of how different words and nuances really play into the culture because being being the west like it's pretty common to hear guilty innocent and that really resonates with a lot of people but shame um i don't think people use that word as much so um like it's it's almost yeah especially in the church culture um at least at least from the circles that i've been in um like i've been told things that like god does not shame you you know like god does god would not shame you that is from you know satan or the evil one so it's just very interesting this whole concept of um language and words and how it plays into culture and how we use it to advance the gospel um mm-hmm. yeah that's a whole other topic <laughs> right yeah and yeah. i think especially just being a learner of culture just in general and i guess in specifically japan that definitely helped in my ministry because not only was i able to communicate the gospel in a way that students and, and japanese people could maybe better understand from their experience um but it was a way to to even just dive deeper into the japanese culture if people are interested because there i think you find things that like in, in the context of honor shame that there's so many things that that you can kind of see there's a lot of shame in in certain aspects but god can honor and redeem all these different things that might be negative to a culture and and honor those that those that are i guess good yeah on the topic of culture what are some things that you really appreciate or love about the japanese culture yeah i think um one of the things i really appreciate about the culture is how um welcoming and and willing to serve others um and i and i experienced that from you know from going to a mcdonald's to being welcomed into a home 
you know, of a, of a Japanese person that I just met. Um, and so, and it's just something that everyone has bought into as a culture. And I think that's something that God really honors. And because, um, yeah, putting others before yourself is, is, is something that Jesus constantly, um, taught his disciples and is teaching us. And, um, yeah, so that was, that was something I just really enjoyed because especially just being in a new country, it's so easy to feel alone or, or not feel accepted by the general population because you're a foreigner and Japan hasn't had, you know, the best history of either accepting foreigners or kind of passively accepting foreigners. But I think once you live there for enough and, and I, and of course, if you take the time to, to meet people, they're willing to open up and, and welcome you. Yeah. Something that an analogy that I heard once with one of my missionary friends um, is that Actually, it was from Brian Gibbs, um, who served with mm-hmm. um, the Navigators. He was explaining to me how the Japanese people are like coconuts. Um, they're a little bit hard to crack through at first, but once oh, you yeah. get into their inner circle, the loyalty and like the commitment is just like through the roof. So I really, I think I really um, agree with that analogy. Just with the friends that I do have who are in Japan. Um, I think it's it's some of the friendships that I can call like lifelong friends, even though I don't see them as much. But whenever I am right. in Japan, it's just so beautiful to connect and reconnect. And, and I really appreciate how they always make the effort to either let me stay with them or come out and, and, and see me in Tokyo. Um, mm. So yeah. Yeah, and I think that's something I'm looking forward to whenever I get the chance to return back because, uh, you know, I, I can probably count more people, you know, probably more people off the off my hand to reach out to and, and just either get coffee or just get some food or uh, whenever I'm there. So I think that's more, of, of course, like exploring the country and, and seeing different uh, cities is something I want to do eventually, but I think returning back to Tokyo and, and just different cities, I've met different people. That's something like is on like my top priority of like what I want to do when I go back to Japan because of uh, just like you said, like all the experiences and just uh, everyone who's who's was in my life during those two years, how welcoming and, and willing to get to know me and, and just feeling like it's a, a second home uh, outside of where I'm living. Yeah. Um, so I know you started your journey with Japan through a summer's mission trip. Um, do you have any two cents or tips for folks who may be in college and is considering doing a short-term or mid-term missions to Japan. Do you have anything that you want to encourage them with? Yeah. Um, I mean, honestly, just if, if you're on the fence, I think you should just go because um, one, if, if you haven't been to another country, I think this is a great way to 
experience a new culture. And um, for me, it, it's really kind of opened up my um, just my just my worldview and just appreciating cultures in general. And I think that's something I've come to really desire uh, is just to be a learner of culture and people. And then that was all that all started because I uh, took a chance and went to Japan for for uh, five weeks. Um, and honestly, you know, I think I guess it depends on what you're going to Japan for, whether it be, like you said, like a short term or, or whether it be for maybe a year or two. Um, I think I think it would be great to just get your hand, you know, kind of dive into a little bit of the language, too, because even though I think things are getting better in terms of how many people are knowing English and especially in cities like Tokyo or Kyoto or a lot of the busy uh, big cities. I think one of the best ways to uh, really dive into their culture and meet them where they're at is to learn, you know, some basic phrases or at least, you know, ways to get around because more than likely people don't get a chance to speak English. Um, because just Japan is pretty much a homogenous people group on an island. And so oftentimes it's a little separated from different countries. Um, so yeah, I, I would say just, you don't have to be an expert in, in Japanese when you first get there. Um, but I would say have a handful of phrases to get around and, and order. Uh, Cause then when you, you know, order you know, food in Japan, you'll impress people over there. And it's really funny to um, have that experience and then, you know, go from there. Yeah, thank you for sharing. And before we wrap up this episode, Connor, do you mind saying your prayer for the college students in Japan? Um, it can be a prayer or a praise. Um, we just really want to well, one, I love prayer because our God hears our prayer and we don't know what he'll do with them. So why not pray? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, Father God, thank you for just this time. Uh, thank you for Evangeline and just uh, her starting this podcast to um, really showcase God's love for Japan and 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 I guess specifically during this time, this uh, college students in Japan. Lord, I pray for um, just their hearts as they're um, studying and, and gaining knowledge in their in their respective fields and degrees. Lord, I pray that you would give them an opportunity while they're taking in all this information that, that you would give them the opportunity to hear and know um, your gospel and how you have a plan for their life and how you love them. And God, college can be so difficult and just trying to find um, their place in, in, you know, on the campus and uh, just in their country and in, in this world. So I pray, Lord, um, yeah, God, that, that they would know that you truly care for them and that they don't have to be someone perfect 
and that they don't have to um, strive to be accepted by the crowd. But Lord, that you've loved them already, you created them. Um, and Lord, that, that you have something that they are longing for, um, and that is a relationship with you. So Lord, I pray for just the students on that cam- on college campuses that they would come to know and accept that. And Lord, I also just pray for continued uh, continuing to send labors to Japan, um, and especially just uh, you know the, the generation to come, Lord, that they can use their time in college or just their um, yeah that they would they would feel that. They would want to go to Japan and to serve you and to have a passion to save or to be in the process of saving uh, college age souls, Lord, that they can be the, the leaders of the next generation and that the gospel can flourish in Japan. And Lord, yeah, I just pray for, um, just the deeper things in colleges on the hearts of the college campus in Japan, um, that you would redeem all that the students are longing for, um, all the worries, all the troubles, all the fears. Um, Lord, that when they come to know you, that they feel a weight come off of their shoulders. And Lord, I pray for just the current um, campus ministry members in Japan, that they would continue to be empowered, that even though with the pandemic, things can get um, a little tricky and a little difficult at times. Lord, I pray that God, that you continue to equip them and God, that you would continue to stir in their hearts to really long to see college students in Japan uh, have a relationship with you. I pray all these things in your name. Amen. Amen. Thank you so much for praying, Connor. And thank you so much um, just for your love for the Japanese and your passion for college ministry. Um, I don't know you too well, but I feel like through this conversation, God has just really revealed um, through you just yeah like i really appreciate connor how how you meet people where they're at um i think that's that's really special and yeah thank you yeah yeah so i like to ask this question to all my guests who appear on this show um what is something from japan or something that is japanesey it can be a food item it can be I don't know, like an anime or a show or the mountains in Japan, anything. Like, what is something that is Japanesey that you absolutely cannot live without? Oh man, I I, I knew this question was going to come, and I I'm still trying to narrow things down. I guess um, I guess the the great thing about living where I am is that there's a lot of Japanese people living in uh in my city and so i have the pleasure and the privilege to have many japanese markets in my area 
um so like honestly like i if whenever i move i'm sure there's not going to be a japanese market where i am um but it's just been so great to have something that still connects me to japan even if it's like buying snacks from you know at the markets or getting uh bento boxes or or uh onigiri i think it's just something that keeps me tied to japan and um yeah i really i probably i think that's something i i probably can't live without it's just like japanese markets and and how um a lot of it's just nostalgia to me um yeah i agree i love the bento boxes from mitsua they're so delicious so i i i have to agree with that yeah and and even uh i i get all my coffee filters from from a a japanese market so it's it's something that it's my excuse to go to you know certain markets it's like these uh different things that i uh need rather than getting it off of amazon it's it's something i'm like oh i'm i've ran out of coffee filters let me go to this store or you know i really i'm really craving these snacks i i can just you know drive 15 minutes instead of ordering it on online or or finding it somehow just by sheer coincidence yeah that's awesome well thank you so much connor for being on the show today and thank you friends for tuning in to another episode of care package to japan once again the purpose of this podcast is to showcase how much god loves japan through stories of people And if you would like to share your experience with us, I'd love to have you on the show as well. Feel free to email me at carepackagetojapan at gmail.com. And we'd love to hear from you. All right. Have a good one, everyone. Thank you, Connor, for being on the show. Thank you. Bye.